We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening. How many of you guys remember that crazy movie, right? Indiana Jones. I love Indiana Jones. I grew up watching Indiana Jones with my dad and my mom. And uh, as I was preparing, I thought, you know, life is a lot like the adventures that Indiana goes on. I love those adventures. And I believe that what God invites us into on our journeys of faith is far more interesting and far more uh, powerful than even Indiana Jones adventures. And at times, sometimes, like Indiana, it can feel like those first steps are just fear-inducing, right? That was the leap of faith. You guys remember that from the movie? We had to like take, oh, I got to do this. And sometimes in our faith journeys, it feels like we have to take a step that seems hard, or you have to take a step and make a promise, or take a step and you're like, I don't know, is this thing going to catch me? Is this, is this really going to work for me? And the good news today is that Jesus catches us. This morning I want to share, for those of you who are still exploring your beliefs about Jesus and Christianity, I hope today helps you. I hope that you uh, learn more about God and what following him looks like and how it can enrich your future. Wherever you are on your faith journey, whether you just started following Jesus or you've been a follower for a while, I believe that God has so much more in store for us. Now, I've really been inspired in my faith journey by one specific passage in the Bible. I learned it. It was one of the very first passages I memorized at Pastor Tice's church. I had my little three by five memory cards, and I would write down this. I wrote, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips, up, trips, trips us us, and let us run with endurance the race God has set for us. My spiritual journey has been like an Indiana Jones adventure movie, y'all. Okay, it has been crazy sometimes. My father and mother were the original adventurers on the journey, and they taught me so much, kind of like Indiana's dad, right? where he teaches them all these things. And I know in one of the movies, Indiana runs in to tell his dad, oh my gosh, they've taken all this stuff. And he goes, pause, Indy. Count to 10. And, and he's like, one, two. And he's in Greek. And he's like, oh, right? But my pen, it feels like that sometimes in faith. You're like, oh, I have to learn this, this thing or I have to slow down. But um, I picked up their journey, just like Indiana picked up his dad's journey, and I began pursuing amazing treasures. Amazing treasures. And the problem that I find, that you may also find, is that sometimes the journey seems really unclear. Sometimes every step can feel like a mystery and like you don't know what's going to happen next. And there are two things I think we can all agree on that we love about Indiana Jones adventures. And the first thing is this. Indiana 
is being cheered on by those around him. His father, other scholars at the university where he's at, his friends that he meets along the way in Egypt and all these far-flung places, they're surrounded him and they're cheering him on. He's, he's surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. The second thing about Indiana's journey is that they're always action-packed race that requires a dogged persistence against all odds to get to the treasure. It's a journey for Indy. It's a race with boats and planes and guns and knives, and it's always crazy. But he always has to endure to the end. So the first point I want to make today is that your next step in faith is going to be to understand what it means to endure. Endure. Every journey has a beginning, and the Christian faith requires that we endure and persist in pursuit of the spiritual treasures that God has for each of us. Cultivating endurance is not complicated. Anybody ever work out? Right. Thank you for admitting that for all of us regular people. No. When you work out, the way you get endurance for longer periods of time is what? Enduring shorter periods of time until you build up an endurance. It's pretty, pretty factual that you can develop stamina and overcome and cope with pain in shorter periods. And that trains your body to endure longer periods of time. When you're training as a runner, you run um, short distances and times before you get longer times to build up endurance. And this is how Paul taught it. He taught us in 1 Corinthians, do, not, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. And we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So we've got to run our race, our journey of faith, our adventure in such a way as to get the prize. But what's the prize? I want to clarify for you this morning what the prize is. The prize is a crown that lasts forever. Well, that's cute, Emma. What the heck does that mean, right? Can we just be honest? What does that even mean? That means that one day the world will be made new again. When we read in the book of Revelations, chapters 20 and 21, we read that Paul, I mean, that John teaches us that the new heaven and the new earth will come. The old earth and the old ways are going to pass away and Christ will bring in a new heaven and a new earth. And we will be there with him. Paul teaches this way. He says, therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. And that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If he died with him, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. The crown 
is being able to reign over the new heaven and earth with Jesus Christ as co-heirs in Christ in the kingdom of God, the new kingdom of God, where there's no weeping and there's no more pain and sin doesn't ravage our world the way it does here. And that's a prize worth racing for. That's way superior to any of the prizes that Indiana finds in any of the far-from caves that he goes into because it's a kingdom that endures without end, forever. That, that prize, that's worth the endurance. So what are your next steps? Endure. Endurance. Recognize that this takes endurance, and endurance takes training, and training is growing your capacities to withstand temptation and persecution. So how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. You guys ask the best questions on Sundays. It helps knowing that you're surrounded. You're surrounded in this place. God has raised up and empowered people over history and across time and possibly even in your family who have run the race before you. And they have finished their race and they are with Christ. And now the Bible in Hebrews says, now that you are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, run, run. I love how God works through his word in preparation and listening to the Holy Spirit. God knew exactly what we needed to hear this morning. He knew that we would need to endure today. Uh, when I first picked up running, I lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and I worked in Newport, Kentucky for a pharmaceutical company. And in Cincinnati, across the bridge to Newport, Kentucky, is the Purple People Bridge. It is this monstrosity of a purple bridge, and it only carries people, thus the Purple People Bridge. And so I began to learn and get interested in running as a stress relief. I worked in an office all day in a high-rise in pharmaceutical, and that's not really stressful, but I needed to get out. I was young um, and fit, and so I thought, cool, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to learn how to run. So I would run, and I would run across the Purple People Bridge of where my office was and go down into Cincinnati to a park and go around, and this was like a three- or four-mile stretch. So I'm ambitious, guys. If there's one thing you need to know about me is I'm like, I will take on way more and try to push myself harder than I probably need to. Um, but I was young, thank God, and I could do that kind of thing. So I remember getting tired, though, pretty quickly because that's no small feat to run three miles on my 30-minute lunch break and get back in time to get a shower and get back to my desk. Um, so that's a, that's a whole lot. And so I remember what I would do when I would run when I would get tired and my joints would start hurting and the fatigue set in and I would get short of breath, I would quote Hebrews 12 and I would say, therefore, since I am surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let me run, let me run. And I would just begin running and I would close out the world around me and I would picture my family and my church, and the people in my life cheering me on, and it would help me. I got better times when I visualized that. You know what I'm saying? I got better times. And in life today, when I get crushed with the weight and the enormity of grief or pain or sorrow, or when I have to keep going and it's really hard, 
Can I tell you that you and I are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses? And that can help you endure. So I would encourage you to memorize this verse. I would encourage you to get it hidden in your heart because it will help you endure. The next two things I need you to know is that you're not alone. We endure better together. That's why the greatest, the greatest trap of the enemy is to get you alone. And the greatest strength of the Christian faith is to gather you together. That's why the Christian faith like always has a church. That's why the church was born so we could be together. Better together, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So endurance and training are coming, but there's something you have to do before. First, yes, we need to recognize that this is an endurance race. I think that's very important, don't you, to know what's ahead of you. The Bible says consider the cost before you move ahead. And endurance and training come first, but first you have to declare that you are in the running. You have to declare, I'm in the running. I am going to run this race. I am going to sign up for this thing, this marathon, this life. And you take your next step and you declare your intent. You need to know what you are racing for and declare your position. Like in any race, right? Any foot race I've ever wanted to do, any, uh, like even NASCAR races or any kind of like horse race or any kind of race that anyone wants to participate in, what do they have to do? They got to sign up for the race. You got to sign up for the race. You have to decide. If you haven't decided to race and you're still wondering if the prize is worth it this morning, you're learning, and that's okay. I don't assume that anybody in this room has made that decision yet. That's why each and every week we ask you, where are you at on your race? Have you decided today to follow Jesus? You need to know that it is an endurance race. You have to consider the cost of the Christian faith, and the prize is absolutely worth it. And if you're here this morning and you haven't made a decision for Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the close of this message to say yes to Jesus and yes to that cloud of witnesses, and yes to run your race, and yes to get training. All of those things are possible, and I believe you should do it. And if you need to know more about Jesus to unpack it, I would encourage you to listen to last week's Easter message. It will give you a lot of details about why I think, why I think following Jesus is like the best bet. So my second point is that you're going to declare and you're going to declare it with baptism. So if you've decided to run this race and follow Jesus, you get to tell the whole world that you're in the running. Like I said, you declare that you're running. Even political candidates, right, declare they're running. They say, I am running. What does that do? Well, it keeps them accountable. It keeps them accountable. Oh, okay, you're in the running. Well, now we're going to look at your life. Don't make a mistake, my friends. When you say, I'm in the running and I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, people are looking at your lives. People want to know, are they going to, are they really going to run? Are they, if they can run, I could run. Anybody ever see me out running? Know that if I can run, you can run. Chunky girl got legs, will run. Am I hurting? Yeah, bet. Am I out of breath? Double bet. 
But if I can run, you can run. And if you can run, other people are seeing your faith journey, your run, your race, your adventure. And they're going to be, oh man, if she can do this thing, if she can trust Jesus, I can too. If he can run that race, I could too. That's why I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't pick perfect people. Isn't that comforting? He doesn't pick perfect people who have it all together. He picks you and I to run a race so that others may know that he loves them and is there for them. Next week, we are giving everyone the opportunity to declare. Baptism is the declaration that I am stepping away from sin and evil and I'm renouncing uh, the, the enemy and his hold on my life. And I am saying, yes, I am dead to that way of life. And I am new in Christ again. And we're going to have a party next week. It is baptism Sunday. And I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Woo! I, I cannot wait. Next Sunday is going to be exciting. And you can sign up today. And you can decide next Sunday. I don't care. We're going to make sure we have enough stuff that if you decide next Sunday that you're going to get dunked, girl, I'm going to grab you. We're going to dunk you. We're going to have a towel for you and some shorts for you and a t-shirt for you. We're going to make sure that you can do this. But if you sign up, it would be really nice. Um, follow. We do baptism to follow Jesus' example, right? We declare, I am dead to sin. I am dead to my past and I am alive in Christ. Why? Because Christ did it first. Christ came to John and he said, it is proper for us to do this at this time, John. It's good for me to get baptized. I want to do that. And John said, okay, it's weird, weird flex, Jesus, but okay, I'll dunk you, right? And it was proper and the Holy Spirit fell and became the signature mark on Jesus' life and affirmed that this was God's son. Second point, it makes you accountable to run the race well. When you declare, just like when you sign up for a race, you declare, I'm in the running, and then people are going to hold you accountable. But it also gives you like a memory and a point in your life to look back to to say, I declared. I remember that. I made a, I made a promise. It's like marriage and vows. It's kind of a sacred ceremony where you say, I declare, I'm yours, Jesus. I'm not going my old life. I'm new. I'm all you in. I'm all yours. Isn't that amazing that we get to have this beautiful ceremony where we say yes to Jesus and Jesus comes and says yes to you. And it makes us accountable. It makes us realize that we are doing life among others and that people are going to take note. It's the stake in the ground and the market will look back on that when our endurance is challenged, we remember, yeah, the devil might win this battle. The devil may be jacking my life up right now. But I remember that I said yes. And I was baptized. And I declare. And I said that Jesus is the victory over me. It's amazing. It's a gift. So if you want to get baptized today, please, please, please sign up. After this experience, I will have a baptism Q&A out in the lobby. We can talk. And you have questions. I got answers. We can make it happen. All right, third point, train. If you want to take your next steps in your faith and you want to endure the race that we have set before us and you have declared and decided, the next thing you do is train. And here again, we see the example of Jesus Christ in this. Training is just growing your capacity. 
your capacity to know and to grow and to endure, right? All of that. And Jesus did the same thing. It says in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So if Jesus grew, we grow. It's another example to follow. Spiritual training is always relational. Remember, the trick of the enemy is separation and isolation. The, the working of the Holy Spirit and the working of the church is always relationships, cultivating relationships, getting the orphans in families, making sure people have people around them to love them. That's what the kingdom does. That's what God does. And in cultivating those relationships, we develop the endurance needed to gain the prize. Remember what 1 Corinthians 9.24 said. It said, run in such a way to get the prize. Ricky Bobby said it. If you ain't first, you're last, baby. If you ain't first, you're last. Shake and bake, Jared. Shake and bake. You've got to run like you are running to win. First place. Be in it to win it. Commit. Go all the way. He goes on to say this. Everyone who competes in games goes into what? What does that say? Strict training. Strict training. So here is where you find the next steps after you know that it's an endurance race and you've decided and you've declared. Remember way back at the beginning of this message about our conversation in the book of Hebrews. When we keep reading the passage, we read further instructions on endurance training. I love the, book, the writer of Hebrews. They don't leave anything out. It says, we do this. By what? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Our training starts by watching Jesus. By keeping our eyes on Jesus. I mean, after all, he's the champion. In the boxing world, when, when kids come up and they want to be a good boxer, who do they look to? The one that out, is out there winning. The one with the belts. The one who is just in the gym every day. They look to their champion. We look to our champion. When I want to learn how to be a better runner or a better lifter or whatever athletic feat I'm fixed on, I look to the people who are killing it and doing a great job. I look at them and I go, let's go. I'm going to follow what they do because obviously they're jacked and I want to look like that. Let's go. Same thing for our spiritual journey. If you want to take your next step, your next step is look to Jesus. Look at what Jesus does. Look at what Jesus said because he ran the race and is the only victor. Remember, many tried before him. Moses, David, Jeremiah, Malachi, all of those, but only Jesus was able to raise from the dead as a victory stance over death so that we can have eternal life. So good today. So good to know. So listen, if you sign up to lose weight and get fit and you hired a trainer and you showed up and the dude is standing there in his sweats looking a little bit like um, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man eating a donut... Do you think you're going to ask for your money back? I'm going to ask him. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I, kinda, I signed up because I want to get fit. And he's like, I'm fitting another donut in my mouth. 
You're like, no, this is not. No, no, you find the one who's fit. You find people around you who are doing what you want to do, and you get on board with that because you, you want a champion. Jesus is our champion. So we look to champions for training in our spiritual steps. And this means we enter into a relationship with the champion and learn how they won from others who are running this race with us. So I've got three final points for you guys to write down and remember about your next step. The first thing I want you to write down is proximity. Proximity is important. Let me ask you this. Do you think you will see champion-like results if you only work out one time a week and don't change your diet? I can tell you that's not working, obviously. It's not working for me. So what, what do you think gets results? Daily. Right? Consistent daily habits in proximity to, to the champion. So don't come to me and tell me your life isn't working, but you aren't taking the prescription that the champion has prescribed for you. Read your Bible every day and pray. You know what? I feel like I say this a lot. You know why? Because it's important. It matters. Your proximity to God matters. And this is the manual. And your heart and your spirit crying out to him every day is the method. Connect in close proximity with the Father on the daily. It's so vitally important. Your proximity to the Father matters in the race. You want to be like the champion? Get close to the champion. Know what the champion's saying. Know what he's eating for breakfast. Know what's in the Wheaties. Know where he's training at. Go where he goes. I will hound somebody. If I have uh, the inkling that they have uh, something going on that I want to have going on in my life, I'm going to call them. Hey, hey, Pastor Kenneth, um, like we're trying to do this thing at Hope Church. Like, how do I do this? How do I do it? Hey, Pastor Kenneth, how do I do this? Hey, Pastor Kenneth, how do I do that? I will call him and hound him. Why? Because I believe proximity will help me achieve the goals that I have for our church. And the same is in our spiritual life. Your proximity to the champion Jesus Christ means you're going to have better results. Number two, preparation. Preparation. Luke 2.49 shows us that for Jesus to grow, he started in the temple. Remember, I read to you Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in the favor with God and man. If you flip, flip back a little bit, where did Jesus at when this happened? The temple. He was 12. And his mom and dad left him in the city. Go figure. Even Jesus' parents weren't perfect. And they were like, where were you? And he said, I was at my father's house. So if Jesus is at the house, and he says to his parents, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? He had proximity and began his preparation by learning and discussing what was being talked in the temple. He had this going on for him. So don't abandon the temple. Y'all, if Jesus went to the synagogue every Sunday and taught, if Jesus was a kid raised up in the church, come to church. This is the proximity. This is the place. 
This is the Father's house. I don't care that we're in a high school. I'm telling you that when we show up on a Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit is here, and this is his house. This is his school. We are his people. That's his gear. Those are his chairs you're sitting on. So listen, study the word of God with people of God. That's my next point. Real easy. Study the word of God with people of God. It's the very best way to prepare to train for your race. Hebrews later says, do not abandon gathering yourselves together as some are in the custom of doing. Why? Because when you abandon your small group, when you abandon your accountability group, when you stop going to your, your meetings and your groups and you stop checking in with your people, the enemy will come in and route you right off track. Don't abandon. Study with the people of God. And listen, I want you to know that studying the word of God is more than just a light reading in the morning. Do I want you to read your Bible light in the morning? Yes, absolutely. But I also want you to crack into the book and study it. Unwrap it. It's like having a cheeseburger. This is a terrible analogy. I can't believe I'm doing this. It's like having a cheeseburger, and this is an amazing cheeseburger, and just licking it. No, bite the cheeseburger, guys. Studying the word of God is like actually taking a bite instead of just licking the cheeseburger every day. You're going to get more nutritional value when you eat the cheeseburger, not just sit licking every day. Okay, so you're going to crack the book with people of the book. You are not going to crack the book with some random person on TikTok. You're not going to crack the book with some random whack job on YouTube. You're going to crack the book with people whose lives you can look at, whose homes you can go to, and you can see, oh, they are cracking the book. They're not just doing this to get my money or to get fame or glory. Oh, they just, oh they're out mowing their lawn, and then they're going to come in, and we're going to have a Bible study. You know why? Because that's the champions. The champions aren't on TikTok and Instagram and, and YouTube. The champions are in our backyard studying Bible with one another. That's why I believe the church is important. That's why I believe you're important, I'm important, and you have to be together, together as one. That's why. Studying is more than light reading. It's not checking the box in the morning. It's reading for application and life change. If you are reading the Bible and it is not changing your life in the present, and guys, I have read the Bible since I was a kid, and I am still reading it and finding ways where God holds it up in front of my face like a mirror, and he goes, Emma, what did you say to Alfie last week? And I go, dang it. Alfie, I'm really sorry about the way I spoke to you about X, Y, Z, right? I, he holds it up to my face like a mirror so that I can see. If it's not transforming your life, you got to take off the top bun, peel it back, start eating the rest of the cheeseburger, okay? And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. This summer, this is the summer we grow together. This is the summer we become one together. This is the summer for, the, for six weeks this summer, I'm inviting you into my home. For six weeks this summer, yeah, you can fit, don't worry. We have outside, don't worry. Six weeks this summer, we are having a Bible study program. But you know what's going to make it better? It's called dessert and Bible study. Everything's always sweeter with cake, okay? And I love baking. Before God called me into to ministry, I wanted to be a, a pastry chef. So I have some chops, I'm just saying. So if you're not excited about the cheeseburger 
get excited about the cake, and we're going to teach you about the cheeseburger. All right? Lord, forgive me for calling your word a cheeseburger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so summer is going to be this opportunity. And there's the final one. This is the final point. So we have proximity. You're going to make sure you're with people who are knowledgeable about the champion, who know the champion, who is the champion, Jesus Christ. You're going to align yourself with him in proximity. You're going to have, you're going to have fit friends instead of fat friends. You're going to, if you want to lose weight and get fit, you need to get with fit friends who are getting fit and losing weight. If you, if you don't, you just hang out with, it with whoever. So Jesus' friends are giving life change. If you find people who are having life change and doing the dang thing and pouring it out for their community, those are your folks, okay? Proximity to the right people. Preparation. Make sure you are studying the word of God and then persistence. This goes all the way back to the beginning of what we talked about, remember? Endurance. This is an endurance race. This is a race we run together. You've got to keep chasing God. Did Indiana Jones stop when the Nazis took over? No, man. He kept going. Indiana Jones didn't stop for nothing or nobody. Not even the snakes. That's right, the rats. Oh, gosh. And there are rats and there are snakes in this life. But if we keep doggedly running the race that Christ has put out for us, and if we keep pursuing, and if we endure to the end, then I promise you there will be a treasure that will be with you forever, and it will be worth every moment that we spend here crying and pushing and moving forward. Don't lose hope, my friends, because we don't grieve as people who are without hope but for the joy set before Christ, the joy of forever with him, run your race. Run your race. When you see each other this week and we see the weariness in our eyes and when we get Jared's memorial together, encourage each other with the knowledge that Jared went home he is with Jesus. He loved Jesus. And encourage each other by saying, you run your race. You run your race. I'm going to run my race. This morning, I'm going to take a moment. If you would just search your heart right now, and there's something in what I've conveyed to you, the words that I've said to you this morning that's compelling you to say yes to Jesus, to finally say, I'm going to, this is the line, I'm going to declare today, I am a follower of Jesus. This is my declaration day. If something I said to you makes you think, man, maybe I, maybe I said yes before and I've wandered, I want to give us all together an opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus and make a decision. I'm asking you, will you sign up for this race? It's a marathon and it takes endurance, but I'm going to be there with you. I'm running too. Would you just close your eyes for a minute to filter out any distractions? Father, we come to you and those of us who feel a tug on our heart, if there's something in us that feels like we would love, love God to just be uh, close to you, to have this proximity to you. God, we're hurting people this morning. 
But we want to declare today is the day we say yes to you. We're not playing games anymore. We're not waiting because God, we know and we've seen that tomorrow isn't guaranteed for any of us. So today we're making a decision with every, every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you, would you raise your hand just to acknowledge to me that that's you today? I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Today is the day. Say this with me for those of you who raised your hands. Jesus, yes. I'm in it. That's all you got to say. And let the Holy Spirit take over. If you took that step right now, I would encourage you uh, to go ahead and, and sign up to get baptized next week. Come back. Let us baptize you. And it's going to be a celebration unlike any other. Father, we just come. For those of us who want to declare yes, we say yes. And for those of us who want to say we're back to you, there's some of us in this room who have wandered and the reality of losing one of our comrades has made it very clear that we need to get back on track. And for those of us who are faced with our own mortality this week, uh, God, I pray that you would help us to know and to acknowledge that and to come home. If you're in this place and you need to come home this week, if you've wandered from Christ and you're ready to come home, would you raise your hand for me with, with confidence? Yeah, I'm so glad you're coming home. I'm so glad you're coming home. I'm going to be praying with you and be praying for you this week. Guys, it is an absolute honor and privilege to be with you. So listen, this week, as you go out throughout your week and as you uh, get ready for what's next, I would encourage you to sign up for baptism and I'll give you information in the lobby. But I would also encourage you to run this race with me and sign up for our six-week summer session of dessert and Bible study at the Adams House. I guarantee you it's going to be fun. You got kids? Me too. I have a basement and a backyard. We're going to make it work. Okay? Come. Grow with us. Know the word of God with us. Let's study it. Learn how to study it together. And we're going to get through this together. Father, thank you so much for all that you've done and all that you will do. Would you do it again? In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.